0: When we were shoveling snow to play ball in February and March.
1: For me, it's playing ice hockey with the boys and making that amazing pass. And When the clock went down to zero, every team just came down to the court and they started just to celebrate with us. And that moment was so pure because I just remember thinking, wow, like we're just a big team.
0: Hey, this is Dominic Susie and welcome to my purest sports moment. In this episode we have Corey Mays, former NFL athlete and former Notre Dame football player. It's going to be a great one. Hey Corey, hey Ryan, hey Bianca. How you guys doing? Good good. Excellent, excellent.
1: Happy to be here.
0: All right, Corey. We're going to start like right from the bat. Like, I, I saw your TikTok video. I, w- I want to talk about that. But one thing I want to ask, like, just, like, from the music part, like, I, I'm just interested. Just, like, I was just, like, listening to music today. I was like, is there, like, one song that, or one song that you're like, oh, when I, when I hear that, I, I just, like, remember my days, like, at, at Notre Dame's or, like, the days, like, playing, playing football or something like that. Is there, like, one song that you always, like, go back to?
2: You know what? It was, uh, every year was a different song. So I, there, there isn't just one particular song I can point to. It's just anything that was charting, uh, in that year, that year. So I wish I had like a, a, a real go-to song, though. That'd be You cool. don't just
3: run the Notre Dame fight song in a loop over and over.
2: Oh, no, they do that enough. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so I saw like you, you were talking about, uh, uh, tell me about your TikTok. What are you talking about you on TikTok? Like, uh, run, run it back to me a little bit.
2: Oh, so you're talking about my purest moment?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to hear that, and uh, I want to talk about, about something about that too. So, my purest moment
2: to me uh, was that you know, that five to ten minutes coming out of the the locker room. You know, everyone says their last rah rah speech, or a coach, or either a player. And to me, it was the purest moment uh, I could ever have in my life because there was no worries, right? It's the click, clack of the cleats against the concrete. It's the shoulder pads rubbing. It's the helmet. It's the adjusting. It's the straps popping. It's the people, you know, screaming with adrenaline and passion. Uh, You know, so to me, that walk was everything. And then hearing the roar of the crowd and thinking of everybody that's ever believed in you gets to see you out there and support you that day. And everybody that didn't believe in you, you get to rub it in their face, you know, for another week. So to me, that was that was just the purest moment. Like there's not a care in the world and there's no adrenaline rush to replace that because you're living out your childhood dream. And there's you know, there's nothing like it.
0: Yeah, so uh, let, let me ask you this, like, because I, uh, when I was like listening to you like today, like I had like the big smile on my face, and I was also like thinking, like, do you, do you, did you like the speeches, like the the coach's speeches, like before a game? Are you a like, type of guy a lot uh, who love that stuff, or are you just like, can you just stop talking?
2: I think it depends on the coach, right? I think it it, it all depends on the motivator and the leadership. Because there were some players, there were some coaches, when they spoke, you know, your ears just, you know, you peaked up, right? You, you were just ready to go. You were ready to run through a tank, you know, if you could. But, you know, for the most part, you know, that, that comes with it, right? You create that atmosphere. And great teams, great coaches, great leadership, great players, they create that atmosphere around that. So it builds throughout the week. You know, it's like momentum. It's like you're walking up steps and you get a oh, roller coaster and you get to the top and, you know, now it's time to drop. You know, so I I used to enjoy it, but you know, occasionally you had some people that you know,
0: you know, just yeah, it's just it's just the rah rah stuff of football. Like <laughs> I, I'm a basket, I'm a basketball guy, so like the rah rah stuff of football. Sometimes I'm like, are you guys really motivated like by this all like this 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 for me? It's nonsense. Well, it's it's but a okay. little
2: different. Yeah, it's a little different than basketball, right? Because yeah, everything about football is physical. Right. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's really crazy. It's a really crazy sport to think about. I'm going to go out. I don't know this person as I run down on kickoff or I run down on the, on the first play, you know, as a linebacker and I got to go, you know, try to knock somebody down or knock somebody out. And you know, I don't even know this person or sometimes you do, you know, you have rivals, you have friends, you have yeah. old teammates, you know, and you just, you know, that's part of the competition, but it's a completely different mindset going into it.
0: Yeah. And how, worry, did you pl- did you play for uh, just one? The, did, did you play for Bill Belichick? Yes. So he? Uh, my... is, is he the type of mother, who's gonna like do the big speech, or is like you guys you know how what, what what you have to do? Like we talk about it all week long, so that's it.
2: Yeah, I mean you know
0: Bill like Bill
2: like he's he's such a smart coach, right? So he he helps you out the week. You're gonna know what to do. The thing about him, you're going to be prepared going into the game and or at least you're going to be confident going into the game at least you know that that that's all you can ask for and I play for a lot of different coaches and sometimes you go into the game and you're not quite sure but with him you knew what you had to do you were motivated and you know you were going to get it done so again you know with New England a lot of the times you know the players were coaching and policing the locker room so yeah. you didn't have to worry about the coaches trying to do a rah rah speech you know the players you know they let the players take over because it's the the players team on Sunday you know or Thursday nights or <laughs> or Monday that was going
3: to be my question for you in an in an NFL locker room you know you get to a Sunday and it, these are these are grown men that are playing together it's not like you're in high school or college yeah. where the coaches are really like dictating what's going on so in the NFL is it the head coach most of the time who's still kind of given those final words before you have that pure moment or is it the leader in the clubhouse or is it an uh, assistant coach like who is the one kind of spearheading that for the most part
2: I mean it's really hard to say because you think of the in the NFL there's 32 different teams so it's 32 different companies and how they they run their operation and that's the mm-hmm. thing to take into uh, account now some coaches might be the leadership uh, and some players or it might be a mix depends on the team right so uh you would think for the most part, you know, coaches are going to, if it's like one of those must-win games or, you know, you you slid two games, all right, let's go get it together, let's go, you go. But, you know, it really depends on the culture of the team. And, you know, some coaches aren't that vocal, right? They're not the ones that stand in front. So somebody else will step in their place as far as an assistant coach and or a player. So it's, it's really hard to say, you know, exactly how each locker room goes every game day.
3: Is there is there a player that stands out that you've played with in your career that's like the best he got he got you going like better than anybody else?
2: Oh man, there's so many oh man, there's so many players. <laughs> there's so many people. Um wow. I really should have I really should have done my homework and come and and came in with some people at the top of my head because now they're like, come back to me on that one. Come back okay, to me. Okay, all that right, one. we'll check so- that you.
1: I'll piggyback on the player part, right? So we're talking about motivators and you know when you think of the NFL, you can think of like big team rival right? Like I'm a Ravens fan. so if you put a terrible towel near me, like it's not gonna yeah. be pretty. Um, but when we're talking about motivators and you actually brought this up with you know past teammates, past colleagues that you've played with for each individual, is it more that you're going into a, like would you be more excited for a game that you're playing someone that you might have been on a team with in the past or that you used to see? All the time in college and play against was that a big motivator um kind of going into games or would it be more focused on from a personal like player level you know the actual rivalry of these two teams of these two businesses
2: i think i think that adds to it right so it's not a it's not a either or thing right so it's still going to be fun It's still you want to go out and win but obviously you know like it's like extra little sprinkles or something else onto the, onto the dessert for you. Right. So it's something that adds on to it that makes it more fun. Right. So you get to see your rival, you get to see, you get to go against somebody, you know, you play with and, you know, there's some trash talk during the game and then there's bragging rights after the game. So that's what, that's what really uh, adds to it. You know, I think a lot of times some people say, are you, you're you're only motivated for this game because so-and-so's playing, or it's a rival Well, all the games are important and you have to come to play every, every game. But that that's just it's just it's just something else that's fun that you add to it
3: i know for me like watching Mike would is my favorite piece of content that comes out of the nfl like were you what is the conversation that goes on on the field Are guys constantly talking play after play were you were you a guy who kind of kept to yourself or were you more of a of a trash talker and and let people know what was going on out there <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, I really wasn't a, a much of a trash talker. I mean, and it happens. Sometimes, you know, you're going to talk, you're going to do certain things. But I watched enough film, and really karma comes back to bite you. It looks like every game. Every superstar you know, somebody at some point gets done dirty, right, or gets embarrassed on film. You don't always see it on TV, but that film never lies. So, for me, I always believed in karma. So, I, you know, I kept a lot of comments to myself. I always tried to do some more. Uh, more talking with the past than anything
0: yeah. hey, I have a question for you like about it. Like, you have a basketball player here, you got a soccer player, you got a football player, you actually have a hockey player, and all of our, right. the three of, of us, not you, we play both ways in our sport like we play like I, I play offense and defense, and that's something that just pissed me off in football. so have you ever like played like both ways? When is the last time you play both ways like in football?
2: Well, high school, yeah, I definitely played both ways. Like, I played, you know, on the O-line. I mean, it's high school, so you can be yeah. a utility player. I played on O-line, played on D-line, played linebacker, played running back, played fullback. And I would I would say, you know, when you get to college, you play special teams or you and you get to the pros, yeah. you play special teams. So I kind of equate that, you know, to playing offense, you know, offense and defense, right? Because at some point, you know, you're trying to protect the ball and then at some point you're trying to get the ball back, you know? So I, I think that's, you know... Now, yeah, I know it's a little different, you know, in the other sports, you guys, because you got to quickly transition, right? And the game continuously flows. Um, you should have picked another
0: sport. That's all I <laughs> yeah, got. Yeah, no, so. but it's just, it's just about like sometimes, like I see, like let's say the quarterback. We always see like the quarterback on TV, and you see a guy like Patrick Mahomes, or, like, and, and then he's like sen- st- standing on the sideways and he's just like watching the game live. He's losing yeah. the game, like, and I'm kind of confused. Like, when I see that, like, for me as a basketball player and as a competitor, I'm like, no, I want to be there like, on defense and making plays. And that's my second question for you. Like, do you have like an athlete, let's say in the NFL right now, that you say and say, hey, I wish on that one play, this guy should play both ways, just one player game, just that critical play of the game, he should go like both ways. Is there an athlete you you, you see out there right now that's like? He has to go, like, both ways. Well, really, man, there, there, there's so many people that
2: can actually do yeah. that, you know, who could play DB or who could play, you know, like, safety or, or play receiver at the same time. Uh, but, you know, at, at that level, you, you'll get burnt out, right? Cause oh, yeah. There's many of us, you know, that, you know, like, you play – if you play linebacker or you play DB – you know, linemen, not too many people can go both ways, maybe a couple of deep linemen because they're fast. But when you play special teams, you are burnt out, right? Because it's like a 40-yard, 30-yard sprint. And you might do that right before you go on defense or you do it right after coming off defense or you do it right before you go on go on offense. So, for the most part, a lot of people want to avoid all of that, right? And okay. then, you know, there's an the issue, too, with rosters. So at this point, you know, you should really be you should really have all 53 people uh, on the roster for the game day. Right. So there's something somewhere to where you don't dress all the people. It doesn't make sense. Right. Because if I get hurt or somebody else gets hurt, now somebody has to do overtime. So there really should be uh, more emphasis on making sure everybody dresses for game day.
3: Corey, did you play on that Patriots team where Troy Brown was going, playing both ways? Was that that time window? It feels like it was at yeah. that time. Yes, yeah, okay. yes, yes, yes. He was playing DB yes, and so, wide receiver. Like, that was
2: unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, he was an amazing athlete, you know, and smart too. And I think that, that you know, is something that adds to it too. You have to be smart, right? You can be an athlete and, you yeah, you go out there, but you have to know what you're doing, right? You have to be able to anticipate and know how to um, – read things a little different and, and get into the mind of someone on offense and and vice versa on defense. So it's not just about being an athlete. It's about you being able to be productive
0: out there and being smart and making smart decisions. Mm I like that. And do you have like uh, to go back to your purest sport moment, do you have like something that that's more into your like teenage year and stuff like that? Something that you, you always remember? Like, Oh, that I remember like this, like, I don't know. Did you play other sport when, when growing up than just football?
2: So uh, we played, I played like around the neighborhood or at the park, but there was nothing uh, organized. I didn't play organized, yeah. uh, you know, football with pads and everything until my freshman year of high, high school. Like I didn't know there were pockets in the pants. Like I I I didn't know anything about <laughs> it, you know, but I will say, you know, there was this game called uh, Killer Man where you threw the ball into the air and you caught it and there was, you had to run from one side, one side of the yard to the other side of the yard without getting tackled. So that's really how I kind of honed my skills, you know, back
0: in the day. But, uh, you Uh, know, those, uh, those just run it back, run it back. What what, what exactly that you do? Like, because that's, that's, I'm a basketball player. Like I don't do anything that's like with contact and stuff like that. I just, Dom Dom
3: doesn't like getting touched. He's very,
0: Dom hates violence. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, actually invented a sport without contact. So that's like, that's something like there's too much contact in basketball for me. So, Run it back. Look, that, that's no pads. Like, what, what you're talking about? No, is no pads, pads. No pads.
2: So you stand in the circle, right in the circle okay. of the field, and you throw the ball up, and whoever catches it has to run to one side of the field uh, and score. And then you just keep going till you get tackled and you get the ball taken away from you. But, you know, it was it was fun, you know, and none of us ever got hurt for whatever reason, and, you know, <laughs> it was fun. You didn't get hurt until you just put on pads. Oh, man, sometimes it might be 20, 30 kids out there, you know, playing all at once. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. (laughs)
1: That's (laughs) crazy. Like, this to me seems like when you all show up for dinner and mom looks at you and one of you has a black eye and the other one has, like, a skinned knee, she's like, how what?" What happened? And you're like, nothing, we're fine and you like run to your room to avoid getting You trouble. know, it was like- it was
2: it, it's my, my brother and I and my mom. She's just like, you know, as long as you as outside playing and having fun, it, it didn't matter. So you know, it a little bit of a of one of those <laughs> kind of one of those deals. Like, of right, you know, she didn't call us and make sure, you know, like watch bit Oh, is everything okay? You know, little just you you know, okay. You made it back. you You fine. You're not crying. You know, all right, cool. <laughs> You were practicing your
3: special teams work already there as a young kid. Yeah, basically, absolutely. Basically, and, covering kicks. You know.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Corey, are you uh, like on, on that new trend like that you see like right now in the NBA? Because I know Bianca has a great question about that, so I'm gonna let her like introduce it, but. the value the
2: valuation of some things wow <laughs> but i mean if you can get if you can get uh paid and you can sell it my thing is that I'd sell quick but you know it's one of those things like oh you should have held your investment and now it's worth 10 billion but you know you never know you know hindsight is always 2020 20, but it's it's definitely something that you know i want to look into and, and research more you know as you know as trends change you know we don't know if it'll be around by the summer or we'll, or this is the thing for the next you know 10 15 20 years
0: right some of them yeah. stuff like expensive like i'm like i'm going like i went like on nba top shot or something like that and i'm like $15,000 like are you kidding me like, All right, that's that's a bit too much for me i i, I was like with my $1 dollar, i was going to bet $1 dollar, i was like okay no, I, i'm not i'm not in this league like, i'm not well, I, i'm not touching this
2: i i think maybe it, it sends another signal for tech moving forward right so owning, uh, especially for athletes owning their digital, digital real estate. Right. And, and, as more things get erased digitally, you know, uh, you know, what can you really own physically? Right. And if there's something you can have, you know, uh, I don't know. And it's exclusive, but you know, uh, I, I, I'm at a loss of words with that one. You know, it's like, okay, sometimes you see everything everywhere, but you know, maybe it speaks to something becoming more scarce in the near future.
1: Yeah, so so <laughs> thank you, John, for that lovely introduction. But right, NFTs are becoming such a hot topic. And so one of the things we like to ask, and part of the reason I am also thinking about it is right with the new NIL rules coming through, right? Like starting through yeah. college athletes, getting paid, owning their rights, their likenesses, what have you. You know, even thinking back to your Notre Dame days, you know, your NFL days, if there was one moment that would be an NFT, be it a card, be it a clip from your career? Because also what we're seeing is athletes are now buying their own moments because of how special that is, because of the emotion that's attached. Is there a particular moment that you would want either on a card, in a video clip, that would be your NFT?
2: Uh, I think one of the moments would be 2005 versus USC. USC is like on the one yard line and they, Matt Liner rolls out to his left, the, yes, to his left and we meet at the goal line and the ball comes out and then there's controversy from there whether where to spot the ball and everything. But I think it's just they and they get another another play and they're able to push the ball in and they win the game. It was like five seconds to go in the game. Uh. But for thirty seconds, we thought we won the game, you know, when the ball came out, you know, and he fumbled and everything. But I think that's one of those humbling points in life, right? And I would love to possibly probably keep that moment digitally.
1: So why I love that moment is, you know, a lot of the time when we're asking, what's your purest sports moment? People say, of course, that elated moment. For me, as a defenseman in hockey, one of my purest moments is watching that puck go past my goalies skate with 0.5 seconds to go in a state championship game. Because yeah. it is humbling, right? <laughs> it is that moment where, you know, you have to look at yourself, look at everything that you've given up for the sport and why you love it and reassess. So it's yeah. it's a different type of pure moment, right? And why I love your answer is, right, because you had that moment of, oh, we got this, and then it changed so quickly. And I think that's what all of us on this call, especially as ex-athletes, you know, turn people that are still, as I call Dom, like the perpetual athlete. It bleeds into every aspect of our lives. Yeah. You know, being able to look at both, you know, those really great moments, but also the ones that humbled us and brought us back to why you put in work. Uh,
0: It's so crazy. Yeah, just said. Like yeah. uh, I have I have this memory like for all my life and it it's obviously not an, an NFT moment but I remember we went like to kind of a state championship in uh, in college uh, over here and we actually lost the game it was like a two uh, like we went like to Concordia University and we lost the game and I just I remember like vividly like just coming back like I was just so depressed and like just being in, on that bus trip like coming back. And just watching, like, the lights of people, just, like, like normal people living. And just realizing on that exact moment that, like, that was so, like, a small thing in the universe, what it just happened to me. Yes, because all absolutely. those people that I saw, like, they didn't know we had a game, like, tonight. Like, like nobody knew <laughs> there was something up tonight. And I was, like, so much into my own bubble as an athlete that I didn't realize that. And that was, like, the, the one of my first, like, like, just, like, inception moment. I was, like, oh, like, there's there's bigger things than just basketball in life and that's my but i, I can't put that in an nft but like uh, that's a memory it's Ryan, it's you have a, a moment, moment in like time
3: I, I mean i if if we if we're bringing up old old wounds i old I wounds it.
0: bring
1: out
2: the salt let's, let's talk about it wounds. let's talk about it get it off get it uh, off a little,
3: ther- little therapy session uh, we we lost in my senior year of high school we lost in the state championship for basketball in double overtime I fouled out with 12 mm. seconds left in the game. So I didn't get to play for the final. We had the ball for the final set. And I didn't get to, did not get to play for the final 12 seconds of overtime. So I think that would be my, my humbling oh. NFT if I had to pick one. I, it, so it, as it, an and athlete, Ryan,
0: that was your last time playing basketball?
3: That was my last time playing competitive oh. basketball.
1: So, but, so here's the, here's a question for everybody, right? As an <laughs> athlete, what is more frustrating or, or humbling or upsetting being on the field, court, what have you, when those moments happen, feeling that helplessness or being on the court when that's happening, knowing that you actually were a physical part in that. Like, for me, it's frustrating if I'm on the bench and I'm watching these things happen, right, especially from a defensive position. Um, That would be more frustrating than actually taking ownership because you can't take ownership in the play if you're not there. Yeah, so I'm was, just curious.
3: I I think I, there was like one of the local newspapers or something did an interview with me after the after we lost, and like every quote. Uh, looking back on it now, it's terrible interview I gave. But the 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 the, <laughs> the quotes were basically like, you know, w- win or lose, I would have preferred to have been out there. Was kind of the sentiment of like, I wish I could, you know, even if I missed the final shot, you you would have liked to at least had the the chance to make a play.
2: I think I think athletes were so resilient out of just having to be right so you know every game right so you lose this or you you know you do this in practice and you put all those countless hours together and sometimes you kind of forget right so like after we lose the game we got another game next week right so we don't you have you know a day or two to feel sorry for yourself and then we we're game planning for the next for the next week so it's kind of one of those things you have to we sweep things under the rug and have to put it to the side although the hurt still remains sometimes, Mm -hmm. but you know, we have to move on, you know, it's just kind of like life, right. In business, you get, you have to move on, you know, yesterday was yesterday. Today is today. And even if it was a win, what's next, you know, I I got the
0: same. Yeah. I got the same, same thing as a Ryan. Actually, like I lost, uh, I lost my last game of college. Actually before I turned pro, I didn't know I was turning pro. So I, I thought it was my just last game of basketball. And actually, uh, I fouled out in, after hitting the biggest shot of, like, my career, like, to go to overtime, down three, like, biggest, like, buzzer beater. Then, like, <laughs> just, like, two or three minutes after that, I fouled out of the game. And I just oh, wow. I remember how dumb that foul was. I was just reaching out, like, over somebody. It's like, how dumb can you be? And, and so that's kind of what I remember. But after that, I, uh, to answer your question, Bianca, I was so into the game, like, for my teammates because they were trying to win the game, too, that I was just jumping out there, just, like, trying to, just, like, get, getting everybody to say, hey, like, I'm still I'm still a leader in, uh, of that team. I'm still a leader of that team. And that's something that I, I used, like, one time I was coaching. One of my best players was actually on the bench because he had, like, five falls. And then he just, like, he went, like, he just dudes off. He's like, all right, I'm going to end up the bench and stuff like that. And just, like, I said, I said hey, Mathieu, like, Come, come sit right behind me, right beside me, and you you coaching with me now. So, like, and I think that's something that I just always remember, like, true, true that like, I would love, like, to be on that field, like, to to still play. But as a basketball player, like, there's so much thing that you can actually do sometimes just as a leader and just say, like, hey, guys, let, let's do this. And it didn't work out. Like, we, we we still lost by, let's say, two. But I remember, like, I was not on the field, but, like, it was kind of my fault because it was dumb <laughs> But... I, I still remember those kind of moments too, and that's kind of all part of my sports memory too. Right, go ahead, right? What were you saying?
3: I was going to say, Corey, like especially in the NFL and and even in college to a certain extent, it's such a like regimented structure of week after week. You're either playing Saturdays, you're playing Sundays. How quickly after a game did you flip that switch of like either we're celebrating we hey this is a big win, to then or we lost. Either way, like how soon after? Did you switch focus to the following
2: week? Really, uh, it really all depends, right? Because you know, college is is you got you have class you have a lot of distractions in college, right? right? And you know, there's you know, really that next day because you got to go in and work out, right? So mm-hmm. you're either feeling good about the win, but then it's like the coach is like, "Yeah, great win," and then you get into film session, and sometimes you, you may you may get a lot of corrections, right? So yeah. you may have won the game, but you know whatever reason whatever the psychology of that coach you might have played perfect but they have to find things right mm-hmm. you always have to be you always have to get corrected but i feel like the nfl like it was it's a business so you know what happened last week won't necessarily be this week you know and i mean it's college is the same way too but mm-hmm. nfl is you know people you know they're much more professional they break down feel more they know you know they they adjust everything else so i feel like you know you're going to celebrate you know, that win for the day or two, but you're right back in it, you know, especially NFL, mm-hmm. like it's professional. We got to get back into it. Here's this film. Here's all this stuff. It's broken down, blah, blah, blah. Here's the statistics. They run this play to do this. So it's like, all right, now we're back into it. We got to get ready yeah, for the it's, next, w- it's opponent. work.
3: It's like, and i actually, I want it I'm, is work. You, that's what I wanted to wonder. Like this, did it ruin football for you at all? When it went from being a, an amateur athlete to, you know getting paid to do it like did that change the game or your love for it at all when it became more of a job
2: well i think i i, I ceased to be an amateur athlete coming out of high school right mm-hmm. once you get to college i mean because you sign a signing a document <laughs> there's money involved mm-hmm. and uh you know it's quid pro quo so no the education is not free because i'm working for it i'm working a mm-hmm. lot of hours for it and i think one of those things to to that sets it apart is understanding you know, like it's, you could be here today and gone, you know, versus high school. We were just, we were kids just running around, having fun and, you mm-hmm. know, playing out our passions and versus college, you know, you got to, you begin to see the real business side of things, how, you know, if you go to a bowl game, all of a sudden a new building is up, you know, or the recruiting, how that, you know, factors in, you know, you're going on recruiting visits. Uh, you know, like I, you know, you, you see all the facilities that these new universities are getting And (laughs) like, it's a lot, you know, so to me, it's the real, the real uh, side of business really starts in college and Mm -hmm. really recognizing what's going on around you. But a lot of times you're so tired, you're so, you're so young, you don't really get to see and understand what's happening around you.
3: So did that, lo- like, did that Ryan. love of the game, like, stay yeah. with you as you kind of, like, went into your, you know, further into your pro career? Like, did you still love the so game? I, when I you did not
2: away? answer that question. I absolutely <laughs> love the game uh, because it was, you know, it was the childhood dream. But it does come with a lot more, a lot more things. And I, I did see a lot of people kind of break because, you know, they've been playing the sport their whole life. And their love for it was gone. And they were kind of just going through the motions of it. while they could do the emotions of it like nobody else you know it was still um their passion was kind of waning right so they're just doing it because they've always done it and i've seen a lot of people get broken that way because it's no longer about just having fun you know there's hard business decisions there's people that get cut there's people you know who you know get injured and they don't get the proper treatment so there's a lot of a lot of darkness to it uh mm-hmm. behind the scenes but i felt like my love for the game uh it only grew as i got to that level because i began to really see how difficult and you know how much of a blessing it is to get that
0: far you know statistically it's just it seems almost impossible to get there and it's one thing like right like for me like just i didn't go like to obviously the nba or something like that, like, just like tory did like the, the master like going to the, that master league and stuff like mm-hmm. that but when you go like from the, each level, the one thing that I realized though is that the people around you are more and more like you. So at some point, at some point, I was in high school, and then you're the only one who's really taking it seriously. And then I was like, ah, like I'm gonna go to prep school, and now everything's gonna change. And now you go to prep school, mm-hmm. there's only like three of you on a, on a team of 12 that's really like taking this thing like to the next level. And then you say, oh, I'm gonna take it to like college, and then I go to college. And then half of the team is really, like, into, like, going, like, extra work, like, extra, like, going, like, shooting and stuff like that. But ha- the other half is not, they're intense, but they're, they're, they're more about studying and stuff like that. And then when you go to the, the pro level, at some point, now everybody's focused. So that, and the coach is focused. And, ev- like, everything like is now focused. And if you love that sport, I think that's why, like, you see guys like Tom Brady maybe, like, that. it's like, I just love it. Because like everybody's focused, and that's 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 pretty rare actually. in like it, even adults, like as an adult, like you don't see that that, that much. And that's that's one thing though I, I just realized when you go like up the ladder, like people are getting more and more focused. And when you get to, I, I'm guessing that when you get to, let's say the NFL, just like you, Corey, and maybe uh, you can uh, piggyback on me after that. It's just that there's so much people on that team that are so good, so talented, and so intelligent, and so dedicated to the craft in the game that's that's beautiful for me that's that's kind of the beauty of the game i don't know if you saw that in the nfl
2: yeah i mean that's 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 your ideal right you know it becomes a funnel you're like everybody's slow the you know the hallway gets more narrow and more narrow and more narrow you're trying to strain and get as much out of it as possible get as much of the pure stuff pure stuff out as possible but obviously there's people that come through. And they've got the talent and they've done enough, you know, talent has gotten them there, but the focus doesn't keep them there. You know, so, you know, unfortunately, you know, just like in any culture, in any industry, you're going to have some people that are very talented, but they're not focused and they're not ready uh, to do what they need to do consistently. And I say consistently because it takes it, you know, on the field, in the film room, uh, in the weight room and also, uh, off the field, right? You see a lot of people that are focused, uh, you know, in three of the four areas and, you know, it falls apart. So I think one of those big things is, is trying to, especially being young and getting a lot of, you know, you get some capital when you get some notoriety and, you know, it's different, you know, you being in green Bay versus you being in Miami or LA or New
0: York, right? It's a, it's a completely different animal. So, Expl- you know, explain, just explain that to me. Like, you always see like that, like on, on TV and stuff like that. Like, like, you like explain me, like, you where you play in Cincinnati and you play, I don't know, like, where you play, you play Cincinnati and yeah, New Detroit. England, Cincinnati, and then Kansas City. Okay, Kansas City. Kansas City is a small, I think that's a pretty small town. So, they like, what's the difference between all of that? Like, because. Like, when you have money, don't you, like, can buy you anything a little bit, like, did like, you have some fun? Well, have, like... you, have you ever been to Miami? No. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet? Well, well you, you just pull up some
2: uh, music what? videos of Miami or YouTube, some v- videos of Miami. It's a different world. You know, there's a lot more access. There's a lot more partying. There's a lot more things you can get into versus, you know, a Cincinnati or Foxborough, Massachusetts or Kansas city, you know, and I, you know, I'm thankful, you know, really for those cities, because, you know, there wasn't much of a distraction for me. And it, you know, it, and it was kind of, it was, it was easier for me to transition, you know, especially going to new England, you had a lot of older players. There a lot of veterans who've, who've been there and done that. And, you know, were family oriented and, you yeah. know, Pretty much told you, like these are the pitfalls. You know, this is what you don't need to get into. This, that, and the other. And it's not that way. You know, when I got to Cincinnati, you know, I, I look, I enjoy everybody there. I enjoyed the, you know, atmosphere. But you know, it was different. It was a different culture than than what I came from. So, you know, that that adds to it too. Especially as a rookie, you're bright eyed. You don't know anything. <laughs> you're coming from college. You know, whatever impression is of that first team you're with. You know, that's your impression of the of the NFL. And that's why I say it's thirty-two different teams and it's thirty-two different companies, it's thirty-two different cultures. So, you know, it's kind of that, that lottery pick of, you know, where you go and, you know, how's the culture set up?
3: Is there um, anything if- for you, Corey, that was like a a holy shit type of moment? Like, oh, I'm I'm in the NFL. I am like was there was there anything that stands out for you from that standpoint of like meeting somebody or walking into a locker room or just anything that you like almost took were able this to like take a step man. back and, and realize what was going on?
2: Yeah, there's been, man, there's a couple of them. Uh, I, I think one of them is um, we were doing like one of the first special teams um, practices with everybody. And I sprint back and I turn around and the guy I was supposed to block screams past me. <laughs> like it might, might as well be a, uh, a race car going past me and I realized, okay, the speed is different. And I had to learn how to do different techniques of angles and running all those, all that geometry was coming back for you. Mm-hmm. And I think the, 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 the other one was uh rookie. It was the first time with the vets too, in the practice. And I go in and it's like Tom Brady is like, you know, he's about to take the snap. He's about to run a play. And I'm like, and I tell myself, it's kind of like a slap you don't have time to fan out right now we, we you got to defend this play you know so it's it's one of those things like you're here now you know mm-hmm. like you can't you don't have time to be distracted you got to be focused you know so you know and there's there's so many other moments you're like oh my god that's so and so but i got to go play before i get my head knocked off i don't have mm-hmm. time to be a fan right now you know i, I got to go play
3: that's awesome
0: Bianca, what, what do you what do you so have to say? I, like we 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 about we about like, we're about like a, maybe like our last question from you and Ryan. So ooh,
1: okay, last question. Then I'll change my question because I was going to ask. Oh. you know, Corey, you have made it oh, seem get, get, like you get
0: two. You get two.
1: Oh, there um, you go.
0: When
1: Ryan did ask this question earlier, and you said you know you haven't felt like an amateur athlete in a really long time because you know and the rhetoric you talk, the rhetoric you use around the NFL is is a business. And it's more and more apparent to the outside world that university football, especially Division One level, especially at an institution like Notre Dame, is a business. Um, you know, how do you feel? Kind of two questions. One, with all these NIL rules coming out, how do you feel about this new round of athletes that can understand their value, not only to a university but to themselves and then to their future business prospects? And then secondly, how do you think already, you know, your time in college prepared you to go to the next level in terms of understanding yourself as a business?
2: Okay. Uh, well, I think it's a great opportunity for these young athletes to, you know, not only understand the business that they're involved in, whether they understand it or not, that they are a, a business now, like you are an entrepreneur, you know, if you don't, if you don't, you don't recognize it, you know, because you think you're just playing a sport, but you are an entrepreneur because you have to market your skills every day. You have to sell yourself every day, you know, there's, you know, you're and you're going to cr- get critiqued every day, you know and um i think it's valuable in them setting themselves up for life and understanding personal branding especially with social media you know there was no class on you know social media it just kind of popped up and is here and you see a lot of people destroy themselves destroy their reputation not themselves um early on in life because i mean they're kids and they're using stuff and they're putting out pictures they're they're making comments they're doing silly stuff that kids do often and you know there's real world consequences for it although they don't really understand the gravity of the situation so i i'm all for kids understanding how to uh create value from themselves and create some sort of uh monetary situation for themselves um obviously there's going to be a number of issues of how you uh police this because there's going to be a lot of people coming out the woodwork. I can do this for you. I can do that for you. You know, I can get this car, you know, that there's going to be some compliance issues, but you know, as long as kids uh, are understanding they are an entrepreneur because the NCAA has uh, kind of stifled a lot of these athletes from making money, you know, while they're in school, you know, they'll shut them down and say, no, you can't make this money or you can't make this a certain amount, but it's like, but I'm in college. And isn't this the point uh, that I'm setting myself right. up for life? Out? Yeah. <laughs> You know so it's, it's it's kind of like you know it's just one of those things and i would say from my college experience um being set up i think it was just china is really a combination of things is having some good people around me uh coming up as a kid as far as mentorship and you know continue to keep me humble you know growing up in the south side of chicago people will keep you humble doesn't matter what you do in life you'll come back and you know you will get humbled on the spot you know so <laughs> Uh, I think that you know being around some some influential people in in, mm-hmm. in college as well. Although at times I didn't really understand it, you know the the immense amount of wealth that people have. You know, like you know my dad, he he owns the color blue or he owns three quarters of the uh, Milky Way. You know, it's like you don't really realize what you're around and you take it for granted, or or you don't really know what to do with it. It's like okay, cool. You know, your dad or your mom or your grandpa or whoever in your family built a couple of buildings on campus or owns, you know, one country. You know, like you don't really know. You just you, <laughs> and you have soul to be. Sole manufacturer of
1: toothpicks.
2: So, I'm sorry, say that again.
1: Oh, it was a, it was just like a sole manufacturer of like toothpicks or something. Like
2: yeah, yeah, and you're like, and they're like billionaires. You're like, wow, toothpicks. <laughs> You know, so it's, it's just, it's just understanding that you are a business and you have a personal brand, but I think a a lot of that is, uh, I do a lot of public speaking and, and, you know, talking with universities and student athletes, and there aren't a lot of programs in place where they do life skills or they don't have the staff there or the funding to make sure that, you know, these, these young kids understand, you know, that next level of life, you know, that, you know, there's life after, and it might be common sense to a lot of people that duh, you're in school. But you know, a lot of your time is dedicated to your sport, so you're not able to go do an internship or a job shadow, or you're able to go to this program in which they're talking about different careers and networking events. So you know, it, I, I think it's 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 powerful to empower uh, these young kids.
3: All right, Corey, my last question for you: If you could describe one thing about you that makes you a great athlete. You know, obviously playing in the NFL, I'm sure you have a lot of tools that make you great. But what was, is there one thing that as an athlete you felt like separated you or gave you that edge above everybody else?
2: I think it was just the ability to just show up every day. Like, I, you know, I didn't run a 4 three forty, you know, or have, you know, like a 43-inch vert, you know. So I think it's it's just the consistent, consistency of showing up every day, no matter how hard yesterday was or how great yesterday was. You know you have to erase it out of your mind and and just show up again because there's no guarantee of you staying there and i think you know that's something to carry in life is just there's no guarantees there are no guarantees so make sure you show up consistently i think rodney harrison told me that um one of the things he told me my rookie year is be the first one here and the last one to leave and that has served me well you know throughout my life and it sounds cliche and you don't have to do something to where you, you know, look, I'm here, I'm here early, or look, I'm staying late, you see me? You don't have to do any of that. You can move in the shadows and and do what you need to do and work behind the scenes, you know? So I think it's just keeping that humble spirit about yourself and then making sure you show up consistently every day.
0: How how do you show that, like, at the Combines, though, like as an NFL athlete, if you're not, like, on the top like top of the chart like and you go to the NFL, like, Combines, like, how, how can you show that you're a consistent, like, player? Like, is it, like, your coach that talked to, let's say, Bill check and said, you should draft this guy because, like, I saw him? Is that the way it, it went for you? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously,
2: you know, your character shows up, right? People want to know who you are. Are you, good? are you a good fit for their culture or can they mold you, you know, if you have had some issues or troubles? So I think that's, that's a part of it, too, is – it's just making sure that you know when people talk about you, they're saying something good, you know, and it's and it's nothing fake, right? It's something that people genuinely believe in you. But obviously, you got to do stuff on film too, so <laughs> that's the part of it as well, you know. So, <laughs> you 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 want to make sure that your leadership qualities show through, and you know that you're just a genuine person, you know.
0: All right, I love that. I love that. Right, Bianca, did you have the last one?
1: Shoot. Okay. Did you, on my toes, Corey, I did not, okay. but we can kind of end this out because we kind of ask everybody. I, how do you bring being I do, an
2: athlete? I do have, a, I do oh, have an answer to, you have your, a question. to the first question, but you may ask this one now.
1: No, 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 please.
2: So that first question was about locker room speeches, right? And it was a motivator. And I will have to say this, Eric Berry, it was the, his rookie year and the way they he would just it was him and another player and I can't think of their name right now shame on me but I mean this as rookies the leadership qualities that they had I mean it's it's no it's no surprise to what he he has grown to in the NFL and what he, his name represents you know and, and the career that he went on to have but I mean he's just I mean it was dynamic I mean it sent chills to so the, the, I mean, they were ranting for 15, 20 minutes. Let's go. I, 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 just saying, you know, going through, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. I mean, it's just, I don't know, man. It was just something special. It was something truly special to witness and to be a part of. And, you know, I, it's one of those memories that, you know, you have to ask yourself. There's so much stuff that when you ask yourself, you got to pull, You like you're pulling up carpets and pulling up covers to uncover memories. But... That was one of those special moments that always just just sticks with me. But I knew I was like man this kid is special. He's going to be great.
0: Mm-hmm.